like gorgeous toys, man. That's, that's a beautiful instrument. Man. Thank you, Rich. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to take them out. And turn with me to Psalm 63. Um, I will attempt to finish what I started last week. Um, more testimony than it is message. Today might feel a little more like a message than um, last week, but I was, I've just been catching people up, catching you up on what God did in my heart while in Bangkok, Thailand, a few weeks ago. I did not anticipate God doing what he did in me. I thought when I went there that uh, everything was good. Everything was um, between me and God was good. I, I was actually pretty comfortable where I was with God. And therein lies the problem. I was comfortable. I was comfortable. You know, the same is kind of true in our marriage relationships. We get comfortable, don't we? Remember when we first started dating? Or, not we, but... <laughs> a little weird. Remember when, remember when y'all started dating? Remember how hard, guys, you tried to impress her? You made sure you brushed your teeth. Remember that? You dressed... Nicely, you, you stayed trim and fit. But the years go by and we get comfortable. I still brush my teeth. I still try to dress okay. But the whole trim and fit thing. I've, hey, listen, I got, I've, I've become comfortable. I we're good. Catherine and I are good. We know we love each other. And that was the lesson, the big thing that God did in my heart, is that I had become comfortable. And I didn't know I needed revival, but revival, revival happened to me. What does the word revival mean? It means to breathe life back into something that is not healthy, something that is dying. I mean, to revive them, to bring them back. I didn't know I needed reviving. Maybe you're here today. And that's a word that God might have for you today. Will you listen for his voice? Will you listen for his nudging? And one of the passages of scripture that was read during the week in Bangkok was Psalm 63. And it is the word, it is the passage that arrested my soul, arrested my heart for the week. And I'm simply coming home and sharing with you what God did in me while I was there. Last week, we... I talked about how um, in, in, in Psalm 63, it talks David is in a, in, a, in a place in life where he is under extreme pressure. He's being pursued by his son who wants to kill him. A coup has been 
started, and David is on the run. He and his crew are hiding. They're out in the desert. They're uncomfortable. And remember we talked about pressures last week, these pressures that you and I feel in life, that we face in life, pressures from this angle, pressures from this angle, pressures to, to be more, a better dad, to be a better husband, wife, mom, uh, be a better worker, be a better student, make better grades, to look better, to be trimmer. There's pressures all over, all around, and that starts at a young age. Mom and dad, whether you know it or not, your children are experiencing pressure, especially if they are in school. And one of the things that, that this passage brought to my attention was that these pressures can become a huge distraction in our life. That, that I, can, I, I can be focused. I mean, I look at verse 1, and, and, and God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I know that I'm to be seeking God. That is to be a priority in my life. But then all of a sudden, these distractions, they come, and they keep coming. And, and there's this thing, and, and Ethiopia trip gets canceled. And then just this week, I find out that, that, that Nicaragua, there's political stuff going in there. So they've had to change their plans and, and go to Honduras and I'm not going to let that bother me. Stay with me. There's, there's things that I need to be focused on. I, I, I need to be earnestly seeking. Okay. I, I, I need to be focused on, on seeking God earnestly. And I... Okay, church, stay with me. I... Stay with me. These distractions, I'm not going to let this distract me. uh, David says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary weary land where there is no water. I know that my priority in life is not to be focused on these distractions that are happening. Thank you, guys. You've, You've accomplished your goal. And by the way, by the way, the Packers will not win the Super Bowl. I heard that. Can I get an amen, huh? <laughs> Preach it. Hey, man, uh, distractions. Anybody had distractions this last week? I mean, we know we're supposed to be focused. We know that we're supposed to seek God. We're supposed to. But these pressures, man. And David understood pressures. So I'm going to read this psalm again that he wrote when he was experiencing great pressure. So if you'll stand with me as I, as I read this passage. If you're able to stand, please do. Keep in mind the stress, the anxiety, the distractions that must have been going on in David's heart and in his mind when he penned this psalm. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts. For you, My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. 
because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with you, with my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with, with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed. And meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you, for you, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall, ex shall exalt, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Lord, we ask that the reading of your word would touch us and would penetrate to the deepest places of our heart today. Despite the, the distractions we have in our life, Lord, we pray that we would stay focused, keeping you the number one priority where you belong. I pray this in your name. Amen. So what I learned last week, I, I, what I shared last week, <clears throat> was that earnestly seeking God, this word earnestly, means that I desire him. I asked the question, how do I do that? How do I do that in the midst of all the pressures, in the midst of all the distractions in my life? How, how do I earnestly, I, I, I'm comfortable, I'm going to go back to my, my relationship with Catherine, I'm comfortable in our relationship, I'm comfortable in the distance between the two of us. I, I, she's working down in the children's this morning, but I was going to have her come up here and stand on that side of the table, uh, which is often about the same distance when we eat dinner together and you eat dinner together. I mean, I'm, this is a comfortable range. We don't have to raise our voice to talk to each other, and we don't have to, to whisper. I mean, this is a comfortable distance. This is a better distance, right? Remember last week I, I shared with you a, a uh, song from one of my playlists that, that I have titled Heart Music. Uh, I have received more feedback about that song than I ever anticipated. Uh, this is good. This is better. Oh, this is a good one here. Hey, hey, listen, thank you. That was perfect timing, by the way. Desiring the nearness of God. 
I need, to, I need this to be silent. Okay, that's fun. I know that uh, when, when Rod Stewart sings these ballads, Rich just loves that. I was real comfortable up until Bangkok with my relationship with God. I was very comfortable with how my studying the word, being in the word, and hearing from him. I was comfortable with my prayer, my prayer life, our discussions. I, I, I mean, I, everything was good. And God said, Joel, I don't, I'm not sure that your soul thirsts for me. I know you love being in my word, and I love speaking to you through my word, but I'm not sure that your flesh longs for a nearness to me. And I ask every one of us in the room to consider, are, is this the extent of your relationship with God? Or is there something in you that says, man, I just want to be near to him. I just want to be near to my father. I want to be near to God. I don't want to be comfortable in my relationship in the way it is now. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeking comfortable. Status quo, I'm not seeking that anymore. I want to be near to God. And God clearly pointed out to me that, Joel, there's a difference between studying my word and coming to me and taking, taking my presence for granted in your prayer life. Even your prayer life, Joel, has become... Uh, routine. I wonder if your prayers sounded just the same yesterday as they did today. I mentioned last week that that was a, a very clear message from the Lord to Joel. You have taken my presence for granted. Stop it. Stop it. I am God Almighty, and I'm with you, and I'm listening to you. It's one thing to know about God, and it's one thing to know God. And it's another thing to desire intimacy with God. Which one, I wonder which one describes you today. Do you know about God? Do you know God? Yeah, I mean, have you, have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are in relationship with God, but do you desire intimacy? See, I, I, I've been reading these psalms this, this, since the trip, and I'm trying to listen to this guy who, 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 the word, who Scripture says is a man after God's own heart. I'm trying to read his words, and, and in context, does my heart sound like his heart? Today, Psalm 138 was read to you. Verse 1, I give thanks to the Lord. I give, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole My whole heart. Is that true of me? Is that true of you? Every ounce of my heart. 
Or are there closets? Are there little drawers and sections of my heart that I've set aside that I'm going to be bitter? (laughs) I'm going to be angry in that drawer. But Joel, 98% of my heart says, says, I, I, I give thanks to the Lord. I give praise to the Lord. And I'm just listening to this guy who understands pressure. And in the midst of pressure, do you realize that in Psalm 63, he doesn't ask one thing of God. And if you're anything like me, when I experience pressure, when I experience those distractions, those difficulties in life, I oftentimes come to the Lord and I ask stuff. (laughs) Not old David. Not when his life is at threat. He says, man, my number one priority is God. So I asked another question. Have I ever met somebody like that? Have I ever met somebody? Do I know people that earnestly seek God? You ever met one? In this psalm, I think we can find a few characteristics of those people. And obviously, I'm hoping that each one of us in this room can walk away and say, I want that to be true of me. It's not true of me today, but I want it to be. And God, will you help me? So, a few things that I want to point out in Psalm 63. First one is this, that those who are earnest seekers of God, are satisfied with God. They're satisfied. Is that true of me? That's all I need is God. Verse 3, because your steadfast love is better than life. Is Is that me? Is that my heart? Does that reflect and sound like me? Does it sound like you? Joel, there's sometimes I think you love fishing more than you love me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen. This psalm has forced me to evaluate my heart. And when the heart is impacted, you know what else is impacted? Behavior. I've really had to evaluate. Do I spend more time thinking about those fish that are up on the beds right now at Quincy and they're just waiting for me to come and throw that, that craw right up close to those cattails and just... See, those people that, that earnestly seek God, he's all they need, man. They're satisfied with God. Like I said, we do the same thing with our spouses. We get comfortable with where we are. There's nothing bad going on, but we're comfortable. Verse 5, he says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat, rich food. Is that God for you? Oh, man, let's, let's, let's do honest evaluation. And if it's not... I had to come to a place of saying, that is not me. I have become comfortable with status quo. I have to tell you, there's a certain amount of anxiety in me as your pastor standing up here confessing this. 
But I also believe that there's something right about it. I think that there's something that every church member in every church should know about their pastor. I'm just as, much as, just as much a man as every one of you men in this room. I have natural flesh tendencies just like everyone else in this room. And I praise God that I had to travel to the other side of the planet, not see any bit of the other side of the planet, but the inside of the hotel the whole time in meetings. And God say to me, Joel, you're taking me for granted. Stop it. Joel, I want you to earnestly seek me, not just my word. I don't want your prayer life to become routine and to sound just the same tomorrow as it did today. Joel, let's talk. Joel, close your mouth. Let's listen to me more than you talk. <clears throat> the whole idea of being satisfied, it was one of the funny things that happened uh, while in Thailand. You know, we ate all of our meals there in the hotel and, and uh, I, every time... I would get my plate, I would walk into the big room where everyone was, was seated, and I would look for a missionary that was either by themselves or a couple of people at a table, and I'd go sit down with something, someone new. And, and like I mentioned last week, every, our, our name tags had your first name and last initial, and then it had your affinity group or the people group that you were working with around the world. My tag I happened to say trustee, and it was interesting how when the missionary saw a trustee sit down, they were like, got to be on best behavior. <laughs> the principal just sat down at the table type thing. And, okay, I get that. But anyway, overwhelmingly, the people that, that I sat down with, you know what I heard the most? Because all of our meals had rice. It's like the, the big part of the meal was rice. And most of the missionaries from around the world, and we don't realize this in America, but rice is like a big deal. <laughs> Everywhere else except here. Uh, almost every meal, hey, breakfast, we had rice and cashew chicken. <laughs> I was like, where are the pancakes, man? <laughs> I don't want cashew chicken for breakfast. But these missionaries, you know what they kept saying? Can, can, can we just have french fries? Can, can we just have a hamburger? I don't, I don't, I'm not satisfied with more rice. Are you satisfied with God? Are there things that you're wishing you could experience from God? King David said, man, with you, God, because your love is better than life, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Another thing that I want to point out about a person who earnestly seeks God is, is they have inner joy. Look at verse 5, the second part of verse 5. He says, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Verse 7 for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. First part of verse 11, but the king shall rejoice 
in God. Yeah, people that, that earnestly seek God, they're people that are filled with joy. I'm not talking about happiness because happiness depends upon happenstance. I'm talking about joy. It's a posture of your heart. Does that describe my heart and your heart today? Oh, man, I, church, I want every one of us in this room to be people that earnestly seek God. And I pray that no matter what circumstances you're going through, whatever pressures you're facing, whatever distractions that are going on in your life, that you will be able to experience joy. Joy. Another thing is they have an inner strength in the midst of all these pressures. Look at verses 7 and 8. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. See, people that earnestly seek God, they know that he's with them. They know that he's going to see them through. Oh, I don't like what I'm going through. I'm going through class 5 rapids right now, but I know that there's calm water ahead because God is with me. There's an inner strength that those people that earnestly seek God have, man. You ever met one of those people? They just, there's a confidence in them that God's got them. God's going to see them through. I've watched some of you walk through very, very difficult times. Turbulent times. Our flight home, my flight home from, from Bangkok, uh, the International Mission Board paid for my plane ticket. I'm very thankful for that. But it's a long flight over the ocean. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's, it's 11 hours, I think. So I had some miles saved up on my credit card, and I thought, I'm going to cash in some of my points and upgrade first class. On the trip over, I didn't make it. I had to sit back there with the common folks. <laughs> I was in the middle seat between two WWF giants. I'm kidding. They weren't that big, but it was three grown men, and I was in the middle, and I hated it. Uh, but on the way back... On, over the ocean, I made the, made the cut. So, I'm in seat 1A. I get, and it was obvious that I was a newbie. I mean, it was, so I was like, <laughs> I'd pick up each little packet and look in it, and that's so cool. And so anyway, I sat down, and about that time, guy comes and sits down in his chair and I won't make this too long of a story, but anyway, he's cussing, and he's mad, and he's angry, and he's made the stewardesses upset, and I was like, great. My one time to sit up here, and I got this guy sitting by me. But after he had a few drinks, he slept for the next eight hours. <laughs> During those eight hours, I believe three times, the captain comes on and says, uh, I have put up the fasten seatbelt sign. Stewardesses, please, I'm sorry. Flight attendants, 
please sit down and buckle up. I was like, they don't usually say that. And it probably lasted for 20 minutes. <laughs> and my mind starts thinking not so good thoughts. My mind started thinking, well, if we went down, we're so far out here, there's no chance of rescue. We'll be on the bottom of the ocean before anybody gets out here. I mean, my mind just started going places that, Joel, that's silly. You're right, it is silly, but my mind went there. And my point is this. Folks, have you ever been going through turbulent time and your mind go places that, that's silly. You're right, Joel, it's silly that my mind went there when I was going through that, but it went there. And I'm just telling you, man, there's this thing about people that, that earnestly seek God. They have a confidence that it doesn't matter what kind of turbulence they're going through, God is going to see them through. Does that describe me? Does it describe you? I hope so. I hope so. The last thing I want us to see is that they keep a correct perspective when under pressure. Their perspective stays on point when they're under pressure. Look at verses 9 through 11. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They, they'll be given over to the power of the sword. They, they, man, they're going to be food. <laughs> they're going to be a portion for jackals. But... But the king shall rejoice in God. Listen, church, I pray that as you and I evaluate this issue of earnestly seeking God, that we might make note of some of these things. And does that describe me? I'll, I'll go and hang out in Psalm 63. The Lord might point something out to you. He may have a word for you. Listen to the heart of David, who was under extreme pressure. Distractions all around, but he kept his focus on earnestly seeking God. Will you and I do that? Will we be a church that does that? Roads are getting blocked off. I'm going to earnestly seek God. We'll find our way to get here. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to find my way to being near to God. <clears throat> My time in Thailand was good. I conclude with this. I sat under some great teaching. As I mentioned, we listened to five days of teaching all the way through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It was drinking from a fire hydrant. I got to sit with some of my heroes on this earth, people who are willing to sell it all, give it all up, and go wherever God says go. Heroes. I got to experience God's touch on my life and revive this comfortable heart. Revival's a good thing, even when you don't even know you need revival.
may we all earnestly seek God. Let's pray. Father, as we enter into this time, I, I, I stop and pause for just a few moments to allow silence in this room where every one of us can give you the last word, that we can evaluate our hearts. Lord, as we um, come to a time where we observe your Lord's Supper and we evaluate our heart and we, we search for unconfessed sin, I pray that each person in the room right now would make it a point to make their heart right with you, that if there's unconfessed sin, that now would be the time to do it. Lord, if there's anger, if there's bitterness, if there is confusion, Lord, I pray that you would come. Remind us of your presence. Remind us of your grace. Remind us of your forgiveness. Lord, the sweetness of your nearness. It's good just to be near you. Because your love, your steadfast love is better than life. Today, Lord, we remember, we praise you. From the depths of our heart, hearts, our mouths will speak things of joy, things of your greatness. I just wonder today if there's someone here that, that just wants to, to say to God, I, I, I'm in a comfortable place, and today I, 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 hear, I hear the Lord speaking to me that I need to not be okay with status quo. I need to not be okay with just being comfortable. I want to be near God. I'm going to trust the word, the scriptures where it says draw near to God and he will draw near to me. Today, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to draw near. Is that anybody here today besides me? Would you just raise your hand real quick? Just I want to know who else I'm talking to. Is it just me? Got it. I see it all over the room. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I want to be near intimacy with the Almighty. Oh, that's what I desire. Yes. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that has been distracted by the things of life, the pressures of life, and your focus has been taken off of God. And today, you just want to say, 
I need to get my focus back. <laughs> that is so me. I'm so distracted. And today is the day I, I just want to come back and, and refocus my life, get my priority of making God number one in my life. Today, I'm coming back. Anybody else in the room? All over the room, hands are going up. Praise God. Hallelujah that today is a day of revival. Today is a day people saying, I'm not wanting to be comfortable. <coughs> no more status quo. Ah, intimacy. Father, we praise you. We praise you for your activity. And Lord, as we come to your table today, I pray that it would be something that is sweet, a sweet reminder of your great sacrifice, of your great love for us. Lord, that we would not take this time for granted, that we wouldn't take your presence for granted. These symbols of your blood, these, this symbol of your body. We thank you for that. Church, I would encourage you as uh, we prepare to pass out the, the elements here in just a moment that you continue to prepare your hearts for this time. So if those that are going to help serve the elements would come forward, I'd I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Apostle Paul says, For I have received from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this remembrance is something that Christians have been doing since then. It's, it's what we've been told to do. This is, this is very important to Christians. For those that are not believers, this would just be a snack. But those who are believers, those who have trusted in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they know, man, these are symbols of his body. That, that, that was broken for me. Those beatings that he took is for me. I remember. 
this, this juice. It reminds me of the blood that was shed for me. Me, Joel. Joel. And you. And you. He did that for you. You. And today we remember. In a moment, we're going to pray. And then we will invite you to come. Take one of these pieces of bread. Dip it in the juice. You can take it back to your seat and reflect and pray. Or you can partake right there. Lord, we come as your children, as your church. And we remember. And we say thank you. In fact, church, let's say thank you. Let's say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We remember your great sacrifice for us. And today we don't take this lightly. We're not coming as some religious routine. We're not coming uh, thinking that this is going to, to forgive our sins. Lord, our sins are forgiven because of what you did on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the shedding of your blood because without the shedding of blood, there is, say it with me, there is no forgiveness of sin. Lord, you did that for us, and today we remember you are with us in this room, and we are thankful for that. So church, when you're ready to come, I invite you to come and partake of the elements.
Father, again, we say thank you for your great sacrifice. We thank you for the opportunity to come and express our remembrance, express our thankfulness, express our love. Lord, we wish we had more ways to express it. Today, we recognize your great love for us is better than life. So we pray in return that we would make you our number one priority, that we would not pursue, we wouldn't be distracted by phones, by, by other things of life, that the Green Bay Packers or the Denver Broncos or whatever it might be, Lord, we don't want to be distracted. We want to keep our focus on you, on you, on you, on you. God Almighty, Lord, I thank you for, for Bangkok. Thank you for reviving my heart. I thank you for doing the same with so many in this room. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Greg, lead us. Let's worship together, church. Let's stand for just a few minutes. Thank you.